Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, how are you feeling? I'm all right. <laughs> it, we're recording on a Friday Eve, a Thursday evening. It's still a couple weeks into the Bengals offseason, and it feels like it's been months. Um, but football is still happening. We'll get to all the divisional picks later in our podcast. I want to focus on Brian Callahan. Uh, getting a lot of interviews. We've chatted about it over the last few weeks. I will say one thing I've noticed on social media. There are a lot of NFL media members and even teams that don't know what Brian Callahan looks like. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about all the Dan pitcher. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I just find it funny. I don't really. It's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, there's probably a reason why he's not getting a head coaching job because nobody knows who this guy is. I... If I was Brian, I would be very annoyed. As an outsider, I mostly just find it funny. But I do wonder, like, the one that got me was when the Panthers, real the real Panthers posted the wrong image. And I know it's just a social media. It's not like the owner went on there and was like, we just did an interview with this guy, Brian. And it's like, that's not Brian. Somebody looks like it's just a social media person. But. I feel like they should be more on the ball with who they're interviewing. It is weird though. Like, is there another coach out there that has this issue where they're posting the wrong image? Yeah. I can't think of any, it does remind me of Sergio dips. I think was his name on a Monday night football broadcast said Vance Joseph is having the time of his life. And it, it cut to a guy that was not Vance Joseph. (laughs) 
that was on a broadcast. So that was also not great, but this happens once in a while. I think at this point teams should get it together, but they have not, they have not gotten it together. No, it is pretty funny. I, I saw something on social media today. It was tweeted at me and they said, if, if, Brian gets the job and Dan Pitcher is promoted to the OC for the Cincinnati Bengals that the Bengals should do the same exact thing when they make the announcement. I don't think that they would do that, but I do think it would be pretty funny. Um, moving on to Brian Callahan, though, he's had four interviews. It was uh, double what he had last offseason. And I think, you know, we've talked about it when it comes to Jake Browning, this offense. And even there are a lot of people that forget about the Cincinnati Bengals offense being around a top five offense when Joe Burrow was healthy. And they were still able to stay afloat, almost had a chance to make the playoffs, almost had 10 wins on the season, uh, which is pretty incredible after Joe Burrow did go down in November. And I think Brian Callahan, he's respected by a lot of the players. The NFLPA had that survey out. He was a top, up in the top five when it comes to offensive coordinators, um, according to a lot of the players. And um, I think all of that stuff is extremely important. And it is an offensive league. At the same time, uh, the Tennessee Titans are going to bring him back for a second in-person interview. And he's interviewed for the Carolina Panthers job. There's the Chargers job and then the Atlanta job. Right now, when you think about Brian Callahan's chances, and there are a lot of candidates available, it really does feel like Harbaugh might get that Chargers job, um, even though they are going to interview Vrabel. We'll see what happens there, or maybe some other coaches will get a chance. But it just seems like we've heard that kind of going into the offseason. He's already had his interview there, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's announced before the playoffs are over. For Brian Callahan, and you think of the possibilities are really good options, I feel like Atlanta, the Panthers, and obviously the Titans still have a lot of interest, but Bill Belichick is getting a second interview for the Atlanta Falcons, and he has, he has some experience. He has a pretty good resume. He uh, can walk in there, and I assume this is what's happening. He basically yeah. walks in there, and he says, I'm Bill Belichick. And they're like, well, we've, we've got to go through an interview process, but uh, sure. Well, that's why they called a second interview, because that was his first impression when he went in there, and they're like, eh, we got we have some work to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, the point of these second interviews is you get a chance to have these, a lot of them are virtual the first time around, and honestly, the COVID year kind of um, made that a really popular thing when it comes to these head coaching interviews, and then they do the in-person. Brian Callahan's having two in-person ones. Um, so far, but do you think there's a job that would best fit Brian Callahan? And I don't even want to put Atlanta as an option. I, I thought that would probably be one of the better ones with the roster. They do need a quarterback, uh, but they have a lot of talent on the offense and defensive side of the ball. And I think that'd be really cool to see what he would be able to do with Bijan um, on the offensive side of the ball because their former head coach didn't know what to do with him. Uh, but outside of that, or, you know, yeah, other the coach. I, I mean, I thought Arthur Smith. Just, I don't know, it is what it is. He got fired for a reason. Uh, but I do think he, when there wasn't talent, he put together good offenses. It That was like the definition of floor raiser to me, though, too, though, because then he got the talent and he was just like, oh, it's the, it's the same level of offense as when you were rolling out Alameda Zacchaeus as your number one guy. But, so um, yeah, uh, this basically is Panthers versus Titans, right? Because I, I don't think, think so. he's getting the Falcons job. By the way, the Chargers, was it Adam Schefter tweeting out, like, the Chargers have interviewed David Shaw to comply with the Rooney rules. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. Why did they add that? Why would you add that? That was, that was so then, funny. It's like, yeah, that's a sham interview, huh? <laughs> well, no, there was, another, there was another reporter right before I jumped on here. I had to read it twice. He had mentioned 
um, David Shaw, they were interviewing David, David Shaw for the Chargers yeah. job. And I, and he said, Oh, that's one of uh, Harbaugh's friends. So he kind of just did him a little favor interview. <laughs> Like, what are we saying to people? This is ridiculous. But yes, I'm seeing that a lot. And it's very questionable, honestly, by, by a lot of reporters putting that out there. It's also probably true, right? Like they're and, not really giving that guy an interview. So they don't really care about the rules. It's so weird. It's yeah. such a yeah. It's but yeah. anyway. Besides that bizarre thing. So I guess you know the Chargers are getting Harbaugh based off of all this. Yeah, it, it, is, it seems like it. Belichick is like greater than 50 60 percent chance that'll happen so now you're talking titans panthers two of the worst possible jobs right like on paper i don't know like i i would go back to cincinnati (laughs) but you know uh, i feel like you hear that like that makes sense to us but at the same time you want to be a head coach want to be a head coach and even if they fail as a head coach, they can probably always go back to being an OC somewhere mm-hmm. at least once. And then if you fail that, then it becomes an issue. But yeah, when I'm, when I'm looking at those two jobs, I think what it really comes down to, because I don't know, the building blocks are similar to me. I think the Panthers have the issue of not having a first round pick this year. And I think that the, Titans were probably more talented looking at the two groups, but on the other side of it, the Titans are going to have to deal with the Texans twice a year and maybe the Jags twice a year and just teams that are competent twice a year. And the Colts could even be, they were solid this year. Meanwhile, the Panthers get to deal with (laughs) the Saints twice a year and the Falcons twice a year. And when I look at division opponents, I think like, Oh man, And I think what it would come down to for me, if I was making this decision, would be one, I hoped I watched those quarterbacks. And two, what did I think of Will Levis and Bryce Young? If I thought Will Levis was actually a first round pick and the NFL was dumb for letting him fall to the second round, I'm taking that Titans job. Easy. Mm -hmm. If I think that, if I thought that Bryce Young was like far and away the best quarterback or something like that, or like as good as CJ Stroud and he just wasn't used right in that Panthers offense. I might go take the Panthers job because your quarterback is usually tied to your success. But yeah, Titans, it, that, that's where I would go. And I, I did not watch those quarterbacks. So I'm judging it off everything else. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Titans job is more appealing and then maybe they have faith. What can he do? If he was able to do that with Jake Browning, what can, and, and there's credit to Dan Pitcher. We'll get to him in just a moment. But if Brian Callahan was able to do that with the offense, um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't call plays, but I still think he has a huge part when it comes to the play calling for this offense with Zach Taylor and Dan Pitcher. Who cares? Yeah, and you still do a lot behind the scenes when it sure. comes to this offense. Um, just because you're not calling them and it's coming from your head coach. So I think that could be a huge thing for me personally. I do think it's more of the Tennessee Titans job. So we'll see what that looks like. He'll have a second interview. Um, you know, there's possibility for other coordinators who are currently in the playoffs to get interviews uh, for the Titans too. I know the list seems pretty long for all of the teams that have the availabilities right now. Everybody's doing their homework. Um, but for me, the Panthers, this is, a, this sounds like absolutely bizarre, but I'll, I'll make this comment. I could see them saying, and I agree with you. I think it really is tied to, you know, how do you feel about the quarterback position? And for Bryce Young, I felt like he was set up to fail his rookie year. And it's really yeah. 
fortunate. I mean, there's really no talent around him. When you think about number one receivers, I could see the Panthers sitting in that front office saying, okay, Brian, we really, we want to make you the head coach. So what's Cincinnati's plans with T Higgins? What if we give you the 33, 33rd pick where the Cincinnati Bengals drafted him, but the Bengals would have to tag him and the Panthers would have to take on the franchise tag or they can work out on an extension, but they would have, still have to take that if on. If you trade the 33rd pick, you're going to have an extension in plan. Yeah. So I'm just saying there's so many, there's so many connections there that there's a possibility for that on that outlook. I know it's a little bit of a bizarre situation to think about, but I could see Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals saying we are not trading him. We're not tagging and trading him. And unless you offer us a first rounder and I think number 33 is good enough. Yeah. I, I do think they're going to have like, at least a top 40 pick is what they want or a future first. <clears throat> I don't know if they get it in the Panthers. I guess that is one way that this could happen. I don't know though. I don't know. That's actually a bizarre situation because that'll <laughs> be their first time drafting it on, on draft night, but uh, because their, their number one pick is gone. Um, and that is just so unfortunate. I can't imagine being that bad and not having your number one pick. The number one pick. Yeah. Not just your number one pick, the overall number one pick. And there is a team that would have probably be calling, just like the you know it was with the San Francisco 49ers with Trey Lance. They'd be calling because they want a quarterback. They want Caleb Williams. And you're sitting there at the Carolina Panthers, and you're thinking, hmm, we could get two more, three, four more first-round picks for this. Um, and nothing. That has to be so unfortunate. I can't imagine going through that experience because at least when the Bengals struggled or they were bad, even in 2019, we knew they were getting the number one pick. And it was like, all right, we'll just have to get through these next few months and they'll have the number one pick. We'll see what happens after that. So, um, yeah. So when it comes to Brian Callahan, I, I do. I, I kind of feel like the Titans is more of an appealing job. Um, and we've mentioned it before. There's only so many head coaching jobs when that opportunity is there. He's interviewed so many times over the last few years. Um, you want to take that opportunity. And, and if you do fail, you can get back on a sideline the following year. Um, I'm, I would feel like the Panthers would give him more than a year. And, and the same thing with the Titans to try and get things together. So we'll see what happens there. I wish Brian Callahan the best of luck. Um, I know some Bengals fans are really down on him, but for me personally, I'm not. I, I think, you know, it, will, it would feel like a loss, but sometimes it is kind of refreshing to see, you know, any addition or, or maybe there's, there's an internal promotion, which I want to get to in a little bit, but we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Uh, and I just wanted to look it up. Panthers also don't have their second round pick next year. So oh, never mind. <laughs> not not happening. I would not want to go to Carolina. They no. Just, you're no, not going to get better for a little while. And that roster just is, I mean, it needs picks. It needs to hit on something. And that just, that's so unfortunate for Bryce Young. I know a lot of people feel they're like, oh, if they would have drafted CJ Stroud, I don't, I, CJ is awesome. He's yeah, so he good. Be, He'd be better than Bryce, but it would probably be like uh, he looks fine type of situation. Exactly. I, I don't think it would have changed too much. Um, and I mean, I'm not taking anything away from CJ because it's been really fun and exciting. I've already compared that the season they're having to the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals one. But that's enough of Brian Callahan to be determined if he will get a head coaching job. Wish him the best of luck. But next, let's talk a little Dan Pitcher and more of the offensive coordinator possibilities for the Cincinnati Bengals if Brian Callahan leaves on his always game day in Cincinnati. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus we are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Dan Pitcher, I know Joe Brady's with the Buffalo Bills. He's a name I hear from a lot of Bengals fans. That's not going to happen, everyone. Um, I think if there's an internal hire, I could see Brian Callahan. Also, Trey Walters is someone who I don't think we talk enough about. We've, we've said it before. We don't feel like he gets enough credit as a wide receiver coach. But he had an interview for the offensive coordinator position for the Houston Texans last year, which was absolutely huge. Dan Pitcher has an interview for the Saints. You know, who knows what that conversation is behind the scenes if the Cincinnati Bengals are saying, hey, if Brian Callahan gets the job, we want to hire you as offensive coordinator. But if you're Dan Pitcher, you can't waste opportunities. If opportunities are available, you want to go on those interviews just in case Brian Gallian does come back. Um, so if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you lose Dan Pitcher, when you think about offensive coordinator possibilities from the outside or just internal, what are you thinking for them? Yeah. Um, I was trying to check. Dan Pitcher didn't actually have an interview with the Patriots, right? That was just rumor type of. Um, it, the Patriots connection was with uh, Brown, um, the front office member who. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Yep. I thought I saw something that they were interested in him and Zach Robinson or something like that, but I, I don't know. A, no official interview. Then we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there you kind of hit it with the Troy Walters talk. There is the disaster scenario where both of them leave. Um, if I'm pitcher, I guess that Saints job is a play calling job. How much do you value that? To me, I personally, I would think Joe Burrow in this offense is probably going to be a head coach factory, right? So even if I'm not calling plays, I see how many interviews Brian's getting. I see the amount of love that he's getting. On the other hand, Brian could come back. Brian could not get one of these jobs. I think that is something that we are not talking enough about. Like we're talking as if he's gone, he might interview for these and not get these jobs. Even if he's getting second interviews and he's doing a good job interviewing, this feels like a crazy coach cycle. Just so many guys. Like I feel like Bobby Slowick would be the number one guy some years. And he feels like an afterthought in this class. Which is crazy. I think he gets hired. Okay, but still, <laughs> like he would be the number one guy some years. Instead, he's like fighting for the same jobs as Callahan, like these Panthers Titans jobs. Of like, that's not a great job, but I want to go be a head coach. Um, yeah, with pitcher, if it was me, I'd probably stay. I don't know how much the play calling helps. It's a gamble that Brian Callahan is going to get a job and you get promoted. 
it's a gamble that can pay off. You could look at what just happened with Gerard Mayo, who stuck around the Patriots and basically had in his contract, hey, I'm the next guy up, and that's okay. So they were able to just make him the next guy up when Bill left, and they that worked out for him. It doesn't always work that way, but that's just in my when I'm thinking like that seems like the goal here for pitcher because he's just such a clear mm-hmm. elevation. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I do think Walters is interesting. He'd be a very interesting promotion to OC. Do you think that they would roll Walters or do you think they go outside? I know you're starting to touch on that a little bit, but I've gotten that question before and I I feel like there's such an internal promotion organization, but maybe they also want a quarterback guy as their offensive coordinator. They really, 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 really value Trey Walters. And there's a lot. I mean, just as a football IQ member of this offensive staff is absolutely huge. I've said it before. When you inherit guys like Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I know it's really easy to say, oh, well, look who he has. There's still a lot that Troy Walters does with that wide receiver group and this offense overall. You can look at Yoshi's rookie year. Look, I think the reps that he was able to have, he capitalized on and was absolutely huge. I know Charlie Jones, it's still a question mark. He did deal with an injury most of his rookie year. So we'll see what that looks like in year two. I think he is huge for this offensive staff. And while I I, I think it would be great if, if Brian Callahan gets a head coaching job, not because I don't want Brian Callahan back. I really do appreciate what he does as an offensive coordinator with just Joe Burrow and this offense as a whole. I, I think Dan Pitcher would be great. He obviously had interest last year from the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bengals brought him back, gave him an extension. Um, you know, who knows what the language is in that conversation. If Brian Callahan's gone, we'd like to promote you. You would be the next guy up. Um, from quarterback coach to the offensive coordinator. But I know that they do like those internal hires and they do value Troy a lot. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if that is an option if you lose both of them. Yeah, that's where I land, but maybe they do look to – I'm lost on an external offensive coordinator candidate Mm because even though I think Brian could be gone, I've just had in my brain like, yeah, they'll promote pitcher, move some guy to quarterback coach, like we move on. But then some of the, with the pitcher getting the Saints OC interviews, it's like, oh, hold on. What what does happen? Who are these outside offensive coordinator candidates? Do I need to brush off uh, the the name list here? Or I need to, you know, do a little uh, dusting. It's like, hey, let's see who's out there. It's not the same guys as a long time ago. Does, does Zach call his friend over at the Seahawks, the OC? Shane Waldron? Yeah. Say, hey, you want to come fun. over? You want to yeah, come over? That- I think he's done a good job in Seattle. There's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff they've hit. And Gino's resurgence was a lot of Shane Waldron stuff. And Gino too, obviously. But yeah, I'd call him up. I mean, he probably wants to be a play caller, right? Because it's what he's doing. Well, if you tell Shane, how about you come over? You you have one good year with this offense and Joe Burrow. You're getting head coaching interviews next week or next year. You're going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, it's like, not next week because we want you one to be on. week and come on. We need you, but I still feel like they they disrespect the guys in the building. If you lose all of those guys, we're not really hearing anything for Troy Walters right now when it comes to offensive coordinator interviews. Uh, Dan Pitcher, I've only heard one, and it was the Saints. Um, Overall, I I would say it's going to probably be an internal guy, but there's there's guys that I'm sure Zach could could give a phone call to and say, look, 
I'm going to be the caller. I'm going to be the main one, but you're still going to be a big part of this offense. We have a good year on offense. You're going to get the interviews next year. Come join us for a year. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, it is something to think about. And, and while I don't, I'm not, you know, who huge on get Brian Callahan out of here. I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what would happen, you know, maybe, maybe changing a little bit of things mm-hmm. up behind the scenes. It's still Zach Taylor's offense, but. Yeah, the most likely outcome here is they promote pitcher and run the same offense. Like true. they're always going to run the same, even if they brought Waldron over, they're running the same offense. Mm-hmm. They just might have some new ideas. New ideas. With it. But they're not going to suddenly become an eye formation downhill. Gap. They are a gap running scene, but they do it from the shotgun. They don't have a fullback, you know, they're not, they're not going to start doing, they're not going to become a Shanahan offense, even though Zach has roots in that personnel issue there. And what they have leaned into what Burrow is comfortable with and best at. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, I don't, one, I want them to run this offense, maybe wrinkles here and there. I want them it's to get under in a while. I want them to, you know, add a lot of the stuff in that we talk about, but I, I don't think the best way to use an elite quarterback is to put them into the Shanahan offense. And I, I feel like you can see that. Just look at what McVay did before and after – like before Stafford was wide zone, like the quarterback is just a cog in the machine. He gets Stafford and suddenly we're going empty. We're going to we're gonna throw seven-step drops all the time. We're going to drop back a lot. We're still going to run the ball. And I think that's like, they're still running the ball efficiently. I think that's the big thing that misses in this Bengals offense. It's like, they don't have an efficient run game. They did last year, but it wasn't explosive enough. It was just keeping them ahead of the chains. So you need a good run game to on any NFL offense, but that I look at like McVay would be my ideal, like what I'm looking at and trying to do. And they don't have the personnel for that even. So I don't know. I, uh, McVay's not running that 2018 Rams offense anymore. He's running a Stafford offense. It's the same with the Bengals. They don't run the wide zone offense anymore. They run the Burrow offense and they're trying to push and pull and the give and take of coaching versus quarterbacking and like, hey, go under center, you know, take some easy plays, take some layups. Let's do that. It's going to help you versus Burrow being like, I'm more comfortable back here. So I think they're going to push him into doing it. They did it when he was healthy, I think the calf threw everything off, but we'll see. I don't know. Like I, 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 it's going to be the same scheme no matter what that's, that's the, in theory, that's the great thing about having a play calling head coach. He's not leaving for a head coaching job. And that's why I don't think it's like, I, I, I said it before. I think people forget where this offense was when Joe Burrow was healthy. He wasn't healthy the whole, the full season. It was the middle part of the season you look at the Bills game, you look at the Niners game, you can even look at some of the Texans game. I mean, the Texans game, he was healthy, but there was an opportunity to win that game. Their offense was really good. It was really fun. It was start and stop when he was dealing with the calf injury. And then obviously when they lost him in the Ravens game. So I, I'm not down on the Bengals offense and um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I know Joe Burrow, when he talked to the media a couple weeks ago, right when the season ended, he, he admitted, he's like, look, we have to get more explosive in the run game. And Joe's had a chance to sit back and watch more football than you normally gets to um, because he's watching other NFL teams. He's watching this offense from the sideline, obviously in the meeting rooms and just kind of seeing the difference and things that he, 
he's going to have to adapt to, that he's going to change. Um, but I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see the decision will be made in the next month. You know, if Brian Callahan's coming back, maybe in the next week or two, or if uh, Dan Pitcher gets that offensive coordinator job, I, I just kind of lean towards it being an internal situation. But for this whole entire staff, you know, you root for the best. These guys deserve the opportunities. The Bengals have been lucky to keep the staff together for five years. Uh, I know, obviously, Frank Pollock didn't. He wasn't here for the the whole five years. And we'll, we'll see what that looks like for the run game offensive line coordinator. If anything changes with that going into 2024, uh, Lou Anarumo, no interest. I told – I've been saying this was going to happen. Last year was the year. And yeah. then you lose the pieces on defense – and the defense takes a step back, took a huge step back. Wasn't expecting to be that big of a step back, but they took a step back, which was expected. And then you don't get the playoffs to showcase your game planning. Like yeah. it's over. Like that's how are you as an ownership going to hire him over some of the other even defensive guys out there? Dan Quinn. Yeah, it's such a like week or it's such a year-to-year -year league and like a recency what have you done for me lately league look at the MVP. yeah they're not going to care they're going to look at that and go yeah that was great you're the only defensive coordinator to really stifle Mahomes but you were bad this year mm -hmm. your unit was bad this year maybe not you were bad like your unit was bad this year so we can't hire that and that sucks that's su that sucks so much and I was hammering so much that he needed that head coaching job last year and now I don't know when, if he gets one, it just reminded me a lot of some of the defensive guys that have done this in the past and they've had great defenses. You miss your one chance at getting hired and then your defense regresses. You're already not what the NFL wants. And it's just really hard to get those jobs as a defensive coordinator. Look at like, I thought what um, Raheem Morris in LA did was awesome this year, right? Like it's all, fourth and fifth and sixth round picks that he has playing like a pretty good defensive unit. He's not getting second interviews. He's gotten like, I think two interviews and yeah, that sucks. Like <laughs> he should be a higher candidate, but that's just not what they're looking for. They're not looking for old defensive corners. They're looking for young offensive minds. So stings for Anarumo. I hope he gets a shot sometime because he wants it. Like, it's not like he wants to be Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips also had his big shot with the Cowboys and, you know, it didn't go perfect, but you know, Wade Phillips then was like, I just want to be a defensive guy. That's yeah. not really Lou. He has interviewed and wanted to be a head coach. So Arizona, the Arizona job is still wild. I remember us. Waiting. And I think that, that Arizona guy, um, the Eagles guy last year. Yeah, it was. Jonathan, it was yeah, Jonathan Gannon. I thought he did a pretty good job. He did. He did do a good job. It just felt like, man, it was. They were that was his opportunity. Yeah. You know, we were just kind of waiting for the notification to say Lou Anarumo has been named the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I really thought he was gone. Um, look, I'm I'm selfishly grateful that Lou's back, and I know the defense struggled, but they lost some pieces, and and I still have faith that they'll be able to bounce back. And it, I'm. I'll sign up every day for Lou Anarumo to be the def defensive coordinator and him to be back next year. Um, I do think that, you know, they'll fix kind of what they're dealing with and, and maybe it's in the draft or free agency or both, but to be determined on the defensive side of the ball, but Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, all of them, best of luck on their inner in, in their interviews, but we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. If they will be returning to the Cincinnati Bengals, but next let's talk divisional round predictions and playoffs should be pretty good matchups coming up this weekend on it's always game day in Cincinnati.
We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We get a little divisional round playoffs coming right up. I actually think for how much I wish the Cincinnati Bengals were in the playoffs and we were watching them this weekend and uh, seeing all the highlights from the Tennessee game, the Buffalo Bills game kind of bums me out, but the matchup should be pretty good, at least on the AFC side. We'll go ahead and start with Saturday's matchup. Ravens, Texans. Here's the thing. The Ravens, they set their starters the last week of the season. They had a bye, been off for a couple weeks. One of the most dominant teams, I think we can all agree, offensively, defensively. I don't think their defense gets enough credit, uh, but it has been dominant this season. They're going up against the Texans. They saw the Texans week one of the regular season, and the Texans put up a little bit of fight, didn't really know what you had in C.J. Stroud. It was his first NFL game. They lost the game. Ravens won by a nice score. This feels a little bit different. Ravens or the Texans feel like they're riding on some momentum. Sometimes I feel like it does help you playing on wildcard weekend. I, I don't know why. Maybe that's just fake science that I'm coming up with. But I think it might help the Texans a little bit going into this. Still a dominant team. Ravens feel healthy. Something that they've struggled with plenty of times in the NFL going into the postseason, even last year. How do you feel this game is going to go? Give me your score prediction. Okay. I thought the Texans actually played the Ravens pretty tough week one. I remember rewatching that and going, oh, man, these Texans. And, like, impressed by C.J. Stroud, impressed by the defense. I guess that was foreshadowing for what this team would be. But they're getting some pressure. They were forcing some bad decisions from Lamar. Uh, There were a couple fumbles to help them. And then on offense, even though Stroud didn't have answers, he he was getting hit. He was under pressure a lot. He was calm and he didn't make mistakes. And that's just rare for a rookie to be like in the like in the line of fire and to still just stay cool. <sighs> this is these are both way different teams than they were week one. I I I think the Ravens win. I think they're a better team. And that's where I'll go with it. Um they're rested. They're healthy-ish, as healthy as they could be. And the Texans, I am i don't know what happened to Laramie Tunsil on that extra point, but I do wonder if it was something like dislocated kneecap or knee-related or something, maybe that's the news is out, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Jonah looked good, even though he had to have it pop back in place and came back out there in the second half. Like I thought he pitched a shutout against OA in that game, but then the game after is when he struggled. Like he couldn't handle new Orleans. And that seems true for like a lot of injuries where once you have time to rest it and the adrenaline wears off and the swelling adds up it becomes more limiting. Yeah. So he's such an important part of their team that I wonder like, is he going to not be at the top of his game because of take because of being injured on that extra point other than that i just i I don't know i just think the ravens are the better team they they're probably have the better coach and hard they definitely have the better coach i think in harbaugh it's gonna be tough to win in baltimore for that game i think it would be absolutely hilarious score score though uh 27 24 i think it'd be close i think the texans are a good team i think it would be absolutely hilarious if the ravens lost this game Absolutely hilarious. You have the I and I know that there's still Patrick Mahomes, there's still Josh Allen that they'll have to face, uh, depending on what happens in their game on Sunday. 
but this is your opportunity to to win it all, to win a Super Bowl, to get to the Super Bowl. You have the bye, the number one seed, something that they've had before, and they've lost. They have one, and I know wins aren't a quarterback stat, but they have one playoff win with Lamar Jackson right now. Three losses. I think, I think the Ravens are able to pull it out. I think it would be fun if the Texans beat them. Yeah, just, that's right. Just to see this this young team and and CJ Stroud, what can he do? And just even more talent in the AFC side of the quarterback room. Um, I think the they are going to be fun for years to come. It, it's really a downer if you're Jacksonville right now and you see what the Houston Texans are. They're young. They're on rookie contracts. They have draft picks. Um, they're going to be just fine, and the future is extremely bright for them. I think they fall. Um, I'll go 24-21 in a close game. It should be a pretty good battle, but look, I'm just here to say I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens fall in this game, and that would be pretty funny, personally. Uh, we'll go to the evening game. This one, I feel like I would know what would happen because I thought that they were going to lose to the Cowboys, but the Packers and the 49ers, 49ers a favorite, similar situation, had a little bit of time off, rested their starters in the last regular season game of the season, didn't play in wild card weekend, number one seed, you're at home, you're a favorite. If you're the 49ers, you look at the NFC playoff picture and you say to yourself, this is the time. This is the time for us to get to the Super Bowl and win it all. But you have the Packers, and they're just playing with house money right now. And everything, it felt like when it rained, it poured for the Cowboys when they were playing the Packers. And I feel like it's just fun for them to go into this divisional round, playing the upset, maybe maybe get the upset on the, on the road, but I don't see it happening. What is going to happen for the 49ers and the Packers? Okay. Um Wow, I'm I'm starting both these off. You you start the last two. Oh, great. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, they didn't play this year. I wanted to check that. Uh, I mean, I'm boring. I'm going with the 49ers, right? Like I, the Packers. It, it'd be a very cool story that Jordan Love walked into Lambeau and or walked into. Hmm, I don't remember the name of the 49ers field, San Francisco. I don't even know. I think it's in San Francisco, actually. Is it? It's in uh, Santa Clara. If if Jordan Love walked into Santa Clara and just dominated the number one seed and moved on to the next round, that'd be a cool story. I don't think it happens, but it sure would be cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, Twenty or let's go thirty-one twenty-one forty-nine. Yeah. I, I think they win handedly, not a blowout. Hopefully, we saw enough of those, but I think they win they're comfortable most of this game yeah i think it's going to be pretty pretty quiet i think the niners are going to take care of business and i think they're going to be dominant they're playing at home big game number one seed as i mentioned before you look at some of these nfc teams get knocked out the cowboys are gone eagles they've been just downhill ever since the second half of the season they're gone you these are the teams you're going to be facing you have a really big shot at winning it all or at least representing the nfc in the super bowl so for the 49ers i think they they do it they win a very familiar spot that they've been in over the last few years they haven't had trouble in the division round divisional round it's been the next round um i will go 37 to 20 very right. random very random just they're I'm just gonna have fun. It's, yeah, I mean, I, we got to do something. 
We got to do something, something <laughs> a little crazy, make this game a little interesting because yes, I'm taking the 49ers. I know I don't think it's going to be that close and that's really unfortunate. We'll move over to Sunday's game. I will give my prediction. Then I'll let you pick just because I've been uh, right. pick first. It is the Bucks and the Lions, just like everybody had it predicted in the middle of the season. We each picked one of these teams. <laughs> I cannot believe it. The Bucks and the Lions. Uh, the Lions, I think they're going to ride on their high. The Bucks, they dropped the ball too much on offense. Goodness, I was watching that game the other night, and they were letting Baker down so many times where they could have put the game away even worse than what it already was against the Philadelphia Eagles. I like their offense. I, I think, again, they're in a similar situation of playing with house money, getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe they can take advantage and, and, and have fun of some opportunities and, and find a way to stop the Lions, but I think the Lions are going to ride on a high. Uh, I, I hate that I keep comparing so much to 2021 for Cincinnati, but it was the team I'm familiar with, and I watched them do it. Uh, you got those vibes when the Lions broke their or ended their playoff win drought. So I will go Lions win 28-21. They move on for the first time since 1992 to the NFC Championship. Okay. Um, these two teams did play each other. And it was the third best performance by Pro Football References expected points for the Lions defense all year. They held the Bucks to six points in this game. They won 20 to six. So they didn't have a huge offensive explosion, but their defense really showed up. And I know their defense has been worse down the stretch, but it feels to me like they have, I feel like they have something for this Buccaneers offense. And you can't tackle worse than the Eagles did, right? That's so bad. <laughs> Ray Lewis on the and like, you know, whatever you think of him. I thought he was having a heart attack. <laughs> like watching the Eagles try to tackle. He was just like, oh my God, like is this tackling in this day and age? Um, and I think tackling is actually better than it used to be. I, I know we don't have like all the big hits anymore, but we do have guys that usually wrap up better and like take better angles, etc. Used to not always be that way. But um yeah, I think the I think the Lions have answers for what the Bucks want to do. And I don't think the Bucks have all the answers for what the Lions are going to do. I think there could be some interesting there could be I mean the Bucks can win. I'm not making it sound like they can't. I think if that interior defensive line wrecks that Lions interior offensive line, which right guard will susceptible out of all the Lions players. I think that'd be the one. Um, even that, he's still a pretty good player. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the Lions, how they built their team. I think they're going to the NFC Championship game, though. Uh, I think I'm a little lower scoring than you, 21-17. Perfect. We'll move on. Somewhere around there, yeah. We'll move on to a game that I actually am looking forward to. Um, yeah, I've said it before. I wish Joe Burrow was oh, I'm very much looking forward. I don't care about the rivalry stuff. This is this is maybe my favorite game of the week. I love it. I love it. I love everything about it because I really – I actually – when I look at the AFC playoff picture as a whole, I only want the Texans to go represent the AFC. I'm not rooting for any of these other teams. I want them all to I lose. Yeah. If they go to the Super Bowl, I hope the NFC team beats them. But – when I look at this matchup, it is the Bills and Kansas City. Again, if you're Josh Allen, this is the perfect opportunity for you to finally make it happen. Beat Patrick Mahomes in the divisional round. Go to the AFC Championship. Play. The, you're probably going to be playing the Ravens. 
take advantage of how your offense is, is working right now. Be the MVP type of quarterback you were most of the season. But I don't think that they do it. I think I, I've been – we've all been down on Patrick Mahomes in this offense, more of his offense wide receivers who can't catch a football and they have a lot of drops. I think it's just different when it comes to playoffs. I do not think playing on the road is going to factor too much into this offense. I still think they're going to be able to run the ball, and uh, the Bills are still dealing with, with some injuries. It's going to be a close one for me. I thought I had the Bills as my surprise team in the AFC going into the playoffs. So that they'll get in, they'll do some damage, and look, they could finally get to the Super Bowl with Josh Allen, and this is the year for it to happen. But I think Kansas City's defense, it's young. They – and put pressure on Josh Allen. Um, I do feel like they've been in the situation before, very familiar with this matchup, and it's just different for them. I, I, I it pains me to see him go to another AFC championship, but I think the uh, Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Buffalo Bills. I don't know how pretty it'll be, but I, I think if the Steelers were were hanging with Buffalo late in the second half, I think Kansas City can take advantage because I believe in their defense more than anything. We really haven't seen Travis Kelsey much this season, and maybe he could end up being some kind of a factor in this game, but I will go 24, 20 Kansas city chiefs. He did go seven for 71 in the last game. <laughs> um, I look at the Buffalo weather <laughs> for Sunday. I kind of forgot, right? forgot about him. What he would, what, what he did in the last game. Sorry. Yeah. Well, in the regular season, he was bad down the stretch. Kind of a, sleeper. Uh, ooh, a little warm, 26 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. I thought this was going to be another like seventeen. At the Kansas highest. City would be familiar with it, you know. They're... Yeah, they just did that. Uh, it doesn't feel like you know. I f this is to me like one of the matchups: the Bills in the divisional round against. Doesn't have to be the Chiefs, but you know, another good team. <laughs> uh, I, it, yeah, this does feel like a this feels like a playoff game. This feels like one of the games that has been happening the past couple of years. Um, there's is is there a huge rivalry? I don't know, because I think the Chiefs are fine losing those regular season games yeah. and uh, <laughs> winning the playoff ones. This this is the Bill shot. I think they've got a good shot. This is probably their best shot at taking down the Chiefs and making to the AFC Championship game and maybe even to the Super Bowl. Oh, it's tough. Mm -hmm. I thought uh Yep. Yeah, the, the the Steelers, they did what they did. They kept it close enough that they were always kind of in the game even though they needed some luck towards the end for them to be in the game. There's still two scores, a lot of that. Uh and the Chiefs looked really good against the Dolphins. They did look different. Yeah. Like they kind of flipped a switch. And being a Cavs fan, I know that's actually possible to just flip a switch when the playoffs hit because LeBron used to do it every year. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, he's he's on the downturn. Oh, 35 points in the first game. All right, yeah, I guess he flipped that switch. Um, my heart wants to go Buffalo. I know. But my brain is telling me it might be the Chiefs. And this is the toughest game. This is the game I, I – you picked the Chiefs, right? I did. I didn't want to. Each one. It feels like a lose-lose situation anyways. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 we picked the same pick for every game. 
but this one could be different. I picked the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, let's roll Buffalo. Why not? Yeah, I mean, if this I had a year. Pick- this this would be the year that they could do it. Like this would be the year that you could actually take down the Chiefs. So if they don't do it this year, will they ever do it? So circle the wagons. Circle the wagons. I'm picking Bills. I'm going with the heart over the mind on this one. And look, my mind wasn't very good last week. So we have to have one difference, right? We can't just roll into with the, all the same teams. Then we have to start thinking about our score differences. To- yeah, the content could be great. I'm just telling you. Getting getting the Bills to the AFC Championship game would be pretty great. That or- could be great, yeah. So, yeah, go, go Bills. I mean, look, if I had to choose which one I want to win, I would say Bills, but I just think Kansas City will be able – I just – for some reason, I thought they looked a, a little different last week. For I think they did too. That's why I don't feel good about this pick. Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I mean, it just – it changes things, and I just believe in their defense. Their defense scares me more than their offense right now, and that's absolutely wild to say because they have Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the road playoff game means much because he's played better on the road this season than, than at home. Yeah, so no, I think the biggest difference is the Chiefs are healthy. Like if I'm going to make a case for the Chiefs, it's yeah. that the Bills are like on their 17th linebacker or something and yeah. fifth so. and sixth corners. So they could get picked on on defense. But we're going to go Josh Allen hero ball, even though I don't feel great about it. Yeah. You know, they have to I win. They, they got to win 34 uh, 31. All no, right. That's way too high. That's too high. That's too high. 24 21. 20, 23-20. 23-20. I don't care. <laughs> that's such a that's a Kansas City Bengals uh game in the playoffs. They're always yeah. 20, which is 26-23 so overtime. <laughs> so wild to me. Um, all right, so it should be fun. I'm actually looking forward to watching a little football this weekend. Um, and we'll see what happens in these divisional games. It'll be uh crazy. And you know, if, if the Lions get to an NFC championship game, good for them and their fans. Same thing for Buffalo, could be pretty cool to see. And then the Texans are going on a nice little run, so we'll see what happens when they face a really tough Baltimore Ravens team. You have a great piece. We mentioned it before. Dax Hill over on all Bengals. Anything additional coming up soon? I'm gonna do a, I'm doing a linebackers piece, so. Uh, something we've talked a lot about, but need to talk more about the linebackers. Didn't play that well. Why? Yeah, that'll be a good piece. Make sure you check it out. Follow Mike over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Alan Diaz Patterson. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>